And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog Stateside, contiguous Stateside, with the Hall of Famer, Big O. What's up, everybody? Uh, sleep is back. I'm excited about getting back into the pod in the studio with him. Uh, fresh off a cruise, he's rejuvenated. Uh, I'm excited about this podcast. Let's go sleep, guys. One of the best parts about taking taking a week off is there's a lot of backlog here, so we got uh, all kinds of things to get into. Man, we're going to tease the cruise because you do not want to miss some of the stories I'm coming back with. Believe it or not, I'm not still on the cruise, although uh, that Sleep Dog uh, original photo background of the sunset. I think it's sunset. It might be sunrise. Hell, I don't know. The sun never set in that place. So uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into uh, some of the NBA offseason that's uh, coming up and, and as well as the conference finals, which we'll probably start with. Uh, those are set. A lot of interesting storylines in the NBA as a whole. Coaching changes. <laughs> Boy, John Morant. Uh, we're going to discuss what in the hell is wrong with that guy. Um, Portal, DeMarco Dunn, latest in a string of Tar Heels uh, outbound. So we'll talk about, get Big Hawk's thoughts on that. Uh, UNC might leave the ACC. So we'll uh, we'll ponder what that might mean. Canes are in the conference finals. NBA's got all kinds of offseason moves. We're going to talk about whether my boy JK, Jonathan Kaminga, is going to demand a trade at freaking 20 years old and set precedent that has never been set before, which is what precedent means. So anyway, this is a ton of stuff. And I can't wait to get into it. But the first thing we're going to do is talk to Big Hawk about his uh, newly minted status as a Hall of Famer, dude. Congratulations, first of all. Um, how does that? How do you find out about some shit like that? Because uh, I think the common folk, we got no idea. Uh, ain't good at anything uh, in anywhere near the level of being acknowledged for it, much less at a level like you just did. So uh, tell us how you found out, how you feel, and uh, what that kind of means to you, man. Uh, yeah, some, it's just an old school, old fashioned phone call, and uh, it happened about. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, someone from the Basketball Hall of Fame called me and said, hey, uh, congratulations, we're giving you an induction into the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited about that. And I know my name, like it's, <laughs> it is a little weird because when you play basketball, you don't really play for, uh, to get into the Hall of Fame, really. You just go out there and you try to compete and play and and you work at something. But uh this is a big deal for me, and I'm very honored to be uh, going into the Hall of Fame. Um, the reason I say that is because I'm from a small town, Popper Bluff, Missouri, and um, it, uh, in a way, it represents a lot of people in my community who have been there for me or helped me throughout my career. And also, I've had a lot of good coaches, a lot of great teammates uh, that have been a uh, a big part of this. You don't really get individual awards like this if you didn't have a lot of team success. So I've been lucky. Uh, I played for the uh, the greatest basketball program, UNC, that you could ever play for. And I had, in my opinion, the greatest coach to ever coach in Coach Williams. So I'm, I'm very honored and I'm glad to be going in there. And hopefully this can be a little bit of a reflection uh, of all my teammates and coaches that I've had along the way. Well, I'll give a little little color for the listener out there. So you just said that it's been two weeks since you found out. And, you know, I consider myself fortunate to be in a, uh, a tight circle uh, with you, man. And this is the first I'd heard of it. First any of us had heard of it. And uh, I think it, it's uh, it's something that you deserve immensely. Um, 
And one of the coolest things that uh, I've had the chance to do as we become friends is the, the most interesting thing to me when you reflect on anything basketball related. And, and it's something that I literally um, treasure as, a, as, as, as having learned from you is, is how you talk about people as good teammates. And it's it, it really just I think there's I probably all kinds of people. One of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is your perception of players. You know, I watch the NBA or football or college basketball or whatever. And it's it's a hard thing to do, even though we always joke around on this podcast, really hard thing to do to commentate from my seat on college basketball because these guys are kids and I'm starting to get a little older and blah, blah, blah. And and then on the on the on the professional side, you know, you 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 determine who these people are based on what you see on the court and, and some of the you know stories that you've shared about uh, certain players being good guys and all that sort of stuff where their their persona may be different uh, on television right it's it's so interesting to me um, to understand that and I think for for probably a lot of people at least as I've come to know you look at you in a way that is decidedly different I think than than you probably are as a person. And, uh, and, and that's probably my favorite part about getting to do this is I get a little bit of both of it, but, uh, man, I'm, I'm happy for you. And, and I think it's like super well-deserved what you've done for Carolina, what you've done for, you know, your home state, your hometown, man, it, it can't be understated. And, uh, there's a lot of people who, um, some of the best memories of their lives, man, watching you play basketball and I'm among them. So congratulations, man, you deserve it. I, I appreciate that sleep. And it means a lot. Um, and uh, as somebody who grew up watching college basketball, uh, <laughs> you know, with my dad and my family, um, we watched all the rivalries. We were, um, you know, small town, but we had a, a junior college team we used to go watch all the time. And then we'd go home and watch some of these big time colleges, uh, you know, the UNC, Duke. We'd watch Illinois, Mizzou. We'd watch Mizzou versus Kansas because we grew up in Missouri um, and uh to be in the hall of fame is a big deal. Um, and so, uh, it's really cool because I get to reflect when I was a young kid, just wanting to play at a big time university, never thinking I would play at UNC and then going to the hall of fame. So, uh, I appreciate that. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very honored to be uh, recognized with a lot of other great hall of famers. I just got off a hall of fame trip, dude. I'm going to tell you about, I got some hall of fame stories to tell myself. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Can I ask you a few questions? Yeah. Oh, my God. Please ask questions because I got to answer. I can't remember who used to say that shit, but I got them. So a cruise to me, first of all, I'll just preface this, and we we talked about this. I will never go on a cruise. I get seasick to the fullest, and I I would never put myself into that situation. Did you get seasick? I did not get seasick. Um, Thank you, guys. There was a time when probably, you know, so so you, you set sail. So we go to Seattle. And then we go up like the – if you look on a map, okay, if you're an East Coaster like me, you think of Alaska as like, eh, pretty close. You're Seattle, you basically – nah, you do Seattle. It, like a flight from Seattle to Anchorage I think is almost six hours, okay? Crazy. And it's six – it's not even six hours to get from Raleigh to Seattle. Um, And all you do is like there's a, actually a panhandle. A very long string of like barrier sort of islands, south, some south of Canada uh, that run up. Just look at it on a map, and I promise you, you'll be like, "Holy shit!" I didn't realize. If you think Alaska's big, you don't realize until you look at it on a map. And so, heading out, dude, it's like pretty smooth sailing, like classic Pacific Northwest. I've never been there, but all you hear about is the weather sucks, and the weather sucked, man. It was cold. It was like misting rain, and like this, that, and the other. And but the water was super calm. 
And so like all the way out, all the way back, uh, much of which I will, I will get into here shortly. But <laughs> when you're coming back, you're going through this very wide channel, which is like mainland versus these barrier islands. And, and, and it's such a wise, like called a strait, which I guess is basically like, hey, this is sort of ocean, but not quite. Or maybe it is ocean. I don't know what it qualifies as. Dude, but but in those sort of geographical regions, like the water is just the wind is howling and the water's choppy. Dude, the seas were like 20 feet. Okay. This boat has 16 decks on it. This thing is the size of Massachusetts and then some. And I felt like, I kid you not, I felt like I was on a canoe. You're just like, I mean, you can't walk in a straight line in this place. And, uh, <laughs> and dude, you realize that it freaks you out because you realize how big this damn boat is. And and you're like, dude, if this sucker gets a little teeters a little too far, she ain't coming back. And neither are we because I don't care how many lifeboats you got on this son bitch. There ain't nothing around but water. I don't want to be in a 12 foot boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And my wife, Mary, dude, <laughs> in the middle of the night, I guess, sort of middle of the night, late, they made this call over the intercom. They didn't do that a whole lot. And uh, she was freaking out. It was somebody, I guess, fell or something like that, which is not uncommon. Maybe they're barfing their brains out. I have no idea. Um, but, you know, she thought we were going to have to evacuate, go get on the lifeboats. And I thought that was kind of funny because after you sort of realize, and of course, the staff, they're like, dude, this is just normal. This is, Every time you come through here, this is what happens. But for a first timer, yeah, dude, it was dicey. They, they literally had barf bags strapped to the rails on the steps. So you could like take one, like a tissue. So people were getting sick. I never saw anyone get sick. And dude, I don't know how. So these, I mean, everybody that I encountered had been on probably their 30th cruise. I mean, these people are in it deep. Uh, (laughs) Like cruise culture is, is an interesting phenomenon. So the other question, I'm a big dude. Uh, How were the showers? Were they spacey? Uh, Would I have to duck? Mm -mm. It wasn't, it wasn't a height thing. Like, um, it was just you're gonna get a little little phone booth down. Now we didn't upgrade phone the room showers. either. That's, yeah. a, that's a scary one. Yeah. We didn't upgrade the room. Um, so we because I was like, why the hell would we, you know, is it have a balcony on it? Like I don't, you know. So we had this little interior sort of thing, and I and I also truthfully I was like, well, upgrade the room. We'll just do it when we get there. You know, we'll we'll hold them hostage on the price because it's the opportunity cost, man. Like they'll have a vacant room, they'll give it to me for next to nothing. You know, because mm-hmm. ships leaving the port. Shit, dude, I think it was sold the hell out. They were like, no, we don't have anything. I was like, you don't have anything? Nothing. So then we got stuck in a shoebox little room. But it was great because you didn't uh, I have so many complaints about the cruise. I could go on a rant for an hour and a half about how shitty the cruise was. And I'll <laughs> stand by it. If you ever want to, if you're thinking about a Norwegian cruise to Alaska, don't do it. Okay? Like, go to Alaska some other means. Maybe get yourself a rowboat for all I care. Don't get on that damn boat. A cruise sucked, and I'll give you as many re- examples as you want as to why. But you have to separate that because Alaska, incredible place, man. Never seen anything like it. The the scenery, the 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 you're you're coming down the like the cruise. The fact that you're taking a what do you call it nautical vessel, right, is cool because you're on a boat and like you're on the water. You see whales, you see all the shit, you see mountains and this, that, and the other. The cruise ship sucked, but being on a ship was not. The bad part. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a, I mean that that covers the basis for me. Sleep. I, I, you ever been no to way. Myrtle Beach? 
No. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I didn't see that coming. Damn. You ever been to, you ever been to Walmart? Uh, many Walmarts. Floating Walmart. That's what the place is. Wow. There are literally, dude. I'm gonna stay PC on this on a number of uh, for a number. Of I, reasons, I rate the food one to ten. Two. Wow. Yeah, not good. Coffee. Buffet. Coffee. Coffee zero. I oh. mean, there's a Starbucks there. They have Starbucks <laughs> on board, which they charge extra for. Sleep Dog was first in line every morning. I mean, you could not. The coffee was like dirt, dirt water. Uh, it might have been the dishwater. They have this buffet, dude, and like everybody there is in like those little carts that people ride around in Walmart. You know, a little basket on the front, little you know, older people. It's supposed to be for people, I guess, with like you know maybe disability or maybe they're overweight or whatever, dude. <laughs> Bro, everybody was stunting in those things, and they would take them in the buffet. Okay, dude, <laughs> try going to. There's forty five hundred people in this boat with one buffet. It's about the size of a Golden Corral. I don't know if you have ever been there, but uh, yes. Yeah, it's a lot like a Golden Corral there. Food at Golden Corral, exponentially better. Um, and, you know, it's trough time, dude. Like, your common times with to eat, you can forget it, dude. And pe- nobody cares. It is survival of the fittest, man. You in line, nobody gives a shit. Not if you're standing between them and the bacon or the cookies or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> it's just every man for himself in that buffet line, dude. Um, it was, uh, like... A psychologist's dream. I, I just found myself pondering, like, how do people? And did people love it? They had so much fun, dude. Casino, all right. They got a casino on this boat, so I'm like, all right, you know, I go play a little card, card games, uh, blackjack, roulette table, craps table. Of course, they had slot machines. Um, blackjack. So I don't, I don't gamble a ton. Like, I'm not a, one of those guys. Like, I have to ask the dealer every now and then. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Uh, not gonna pretend to be some blackjack savant, but I go in there and I, I get blackjack, and it's like a I don't know twenty fifteen dollar I think a fifteen dollar table, and uh, so I get blackjack, and dude pays me eighteen bucks, and I'm like, is this right? He said, yeah, pays six five, and I was like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. Even I know that's just rip off, right? So you, you got these people held hostage in here, and uh, you're paying six five on blackjack, you can't win anything. And so, you know, people playing the slots, I'm just like, dude, I can only imagine odds on those things. It's all rigged. Um, yeah, it was it was a disaster. And the worst part of all for me is I'm like, hey, at least I can go into my room, my little shoebox, and watch the game. Mm-mm. Rugby. Rugby is on TV. They have 12 channels, okay? They literally have 24 channels on TV. TV is the size of my computer screen. They have 24 channels on this TV. 13 of those channels are have some shit to do with this cruise. Okay, like safety video just on loop, uh, you know, some shit about where you are in the ocean, which is probably the second most interesting channel, to be quite honest with you. Then they have like 11 or 12 other like regular channels. Okay, two of which were sports channels. I'm like, All right. But the whole cruise, those two channels are showing the exact same thing. Whatever's on one channel is on the other channel. One time I saw a Celtics game on there. It was at like three in the morning as a repeat of the damn game from the day before. They're showing soccer and rugby over and over and over again. They have movie channels, one of which does. So you have like nine channels of TV. Then they sell you this fucking internet package. Okay. You guys got me going off on this thing. Sell me an internet package. Like, hey, at least I can stream it because I bought the damn platinum cruise, crystal cruise or whatever the hell it's called. uh, Internet package. So at least I can watch YouTube. I stream the game. Mm -mm, Nah, internet. Forget it. I mean, you pay 250 bucks for internet. Doesn't work. 
at all. Like streaming, forget it. You can barely check your email. Um, so cruise, miserable. Never do it again. Um, it's never, like the internet ever. in China. Oh my god! It was uh, yeah, <laughs> bro. It was uh, duty free store. Like you could buy like Jack Daniels. It was like you know, guess merchandise, uh, polo cologne and shit. I was like, what? Where am I? I'm trapped. Um, <laughs> then you go to port and you know you get off the port and dude. <laughs> You're like a fish in a barrel, dude. They're selling all kinds of trinkets. I mean, look at me. Guess where this shit came from? Uh, right off the dock somewhere. I mean, it hit me for 45 on this shirt. This damn hat was probably 40 bucks. I got no idea. Like a dipshit. They had, there was one place that had the audacity to make you wear a collar shirt. And this one has a collar. And this is why I got to wear this thing to dinner like every night. Because if you went to like, they had these little restaurants. If you went to those, you had to wear a collared shirt, which is laughable. Like, why would you wear a collared shirt in this place? Um, anyway, dude, whew, I don't know if you guys listening were out there following our stories on IG, but it was uh, it was something else. I mean, the whole reason I was there is my mom was retiring. My parents are cruisers, man. They're going on like four or five more. They love them. I told her I'll never get on another one. Your dad likes the cruises? My mom likes them more, I think. My dad, dude, he's like, look, man, they're at that age where it's like it's uh, the food ain't got to be good. It's just got to be available. You know, and it's always available. Um, and yeah, man, it's it's like, I don't know, man. Everything's already planned out for you. You can kind of, you know, I heard good things about cruise. This is Norwegian cruise. I'll call it right here, man. Norwegian cruise line. You ain't never seen a sleep dog on the on the deck again. Um, period. But uh, I heard a lot of people say great things about it. And then I heard a lot of people on that boat that were, you know, unhappy but so, so you got off the cruise you went on land did you want to get back on the boat was nah, there dude. ever a thought being like hey let's just take all our stuff we'll meet you we'll meet you somewhere at the next destination we'll fly to the other one We're yeah expensive. well everything's landlocked and you're docking in these little podunk places dude and like they got these little little seaplanes <laughs> buddy i don't know if you saw me on that gondola but I thought oh, that was yeah, the last I trip that. I was ever going to take and there ain't no chance i was getting on a seaplane so some I, dude you know some native out here probably flown this thing four or five times a year Uh uh-uh there's a i took a gondola in hong kong if anybody's listening has been to uh hong kong and they've been about uh and they've explored the city they know about that gondola because you take one it literally is about 25 30 minute ride oh my god and you're just like up through the mountain i mean i actually really enjoyed it but if that thing were to stop Uh uh-uh and you got stuck, dude. You're you're. There's no there's no escaping this one. We were dangling. Or something man. went wrong. You're just dangling. It's yeah. like you're dangling on some dental floss. About the wind was blowing. Feet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> good night. Uh, <laughs> I was terrified. I never. I, ne- I never really. I, I didn't know I was afraid of heights. I mean, I got up there and I literally had to hold on to the rail, which does absolutely nothing. By the way, you just you just need something to hold on to. The only other option was getting the fetal position in the floor. I just closed my eyes and I was like, all right, I feel a little better because I'm not like, dude, you are way above the trees and you're rolling up the side of a mountain and it's just a cliff and there's ocean. And you're like, this is absolute death if this, you know, thing pops or something. Um, if I mean, you can only imagine it's like 900 people live on this island and like, I want to know which one went to school to be an engineer and built this shit. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk to him before I get on this thing. And so like you're sitting here and this thing is just dangling. And uh, yeah. And then you, I don't know, Mary had a blast on it. Uh, that part was, was real dicey, 
But yeah, that's the only way you could get from from island to island is a lot of that stuff. Juneau, Alaska, okay? The biggest city, I think they said, by population in Alaska, um, not accessible by anything except boat or plane. The roads connect to nothing outside of Juneau. Everything is, is inside there. So... Um, so where is Juno located? Is it? It's central? like southeast, southeast. Southeast. Like okay. Anchorage is basically central Alaska, and that's where like you can go a little north, I think, into like Denali and all that sort of stuff, where it's like rugged ass. Like I could only imagine, Arctic. you know, it being more rugged than what we saw. Um, it, we hiked. So what we did is we get off this boat every day, and we just walk as far as we can go because we were sick of being on this boat. I'm like maximizing every second. I want to, I want to be exhausted when I get back on this boat, so I'm immune to the fact that it sucks. And we walked. I counted. Uh, I think this morning. I think we walked, hiked, hike slash walk, uh, sixty eight miles over the week. So, it's so came back and I weighed point uh, four pounds more <laughs> than when I left after walking sixty eight pounds. So I'm talking shit about the buffet, but I mean. Hey, you got to eat. Like I wasn't you got to eat. It doesn't yeah. matter the quality. You got to eat to live. Uh, so, <laughs> I, hey, listen, how many uh, cities in Alaska did you go to? I think Probably. we hit five. We started five. in Sitka, which was cool, little town. Um, we had Ketchikan, which is the salmon capital of the world. We had um, Juneau. We had. <laughs> Somebody's at my doorbell ringing it. Uh, we had um, Catch Can, Sitka. Oh, we stopped in Victoria in Canada, which was cool. Um, I, hey, I, I've been to um, British Columbia, that area. It's amazing. It's a beautiful. Dude, we place, we stopped back. We came back to Seattle. We went to one other place. I can't remember where it was, but uh, we went to Seattle. Uh, that's where we departed and came back. We stayed a couple extra days. And drove up to Vancouver. Vancouver is incredible. I mean, we had training camp when I was with the Raptors in Vancouver. Guys, it's one of the best cities I've ever been to. Place. Beautiful, beautiful city. Amazing weather. Uh, great people. Uh, Big yeah. trees. Oh, yeah. Amazing I was city. cruising along with the wife. We're on like this nature trail, you know, just mm-hmm. looking at this big-ass bridge. The Lionsgate Bridge goes across some sort of big body of water. Things massive. Uh, then oops, we just pop up on a beach, and I'm like, oh look, man, it's like because it's like 75 degrees out there, and everybody's like, dude, this is summer. Like we get five of these days a year, and and you're here. And I was looking around, like everybody's having a good time. I was like, wait, wait a second. Um, turns out it's topless beach. So skin my knee because of course old sleep dog had to shut his eyes, and um, I'm sure you did. Looked the other way. Um, <laughs> it was like, the first time I'd ever been to one, ever seen one. Uh, not gonna lie, uh, not that excited to go see another one because it, uh, <clears throat> you know, ain't all it's cracked up to be. I'll just, I just leave it there. So, uh, yeah, all in all, man, <laughs> the trip was cool as shit. Um, but uh, you know, it was all like a, it, it, it's impossible to understate that like Alaska was awesome. Like the state of Alaska, super cool. No Joe Biden fans there, zero. Uh, very interesting sort of political uh, sort of voice up there hey um, what time zone are they on they are I mean, pacific but you can get an hour behind that so when we went all the way out there there were pacific minus one whatever that is gmt or something like that so at one so point we were four like hours four behind hours, yeah. four hours yeah. behind so i mean the elections are pretty much called right before the 
Oh yeah, I mean, I think everybody's look. Look, I can go ahead and what's the next election? Twenty twenty four. I can go ahead and call that one for whoever's running. I have the like the red lead pipe lock. Just spoiler alert. Uh, That one's coming back red. I knew somebody that was voting in Hawaii. And before he went to make his vote, they had already called the election. <laughs> and he was just like, I've never felt like, you know, uh, every vote matters. But he's like, man, it's the first time where I feel like I'm just voting for nothing. I know, man. What the <laughs> hell? Uh, uh, saw whales, saw bald eagles, did a whale watching thing. Like, that was cool. Tell, but- tell me about the whales. And the other thing I have is you said that the the bottom of the boat is like glass. You can see all these whales. Well, that's what they told me before I got on. Turns got out that's complete bullshit. No, okay. Yeah. hundred okay. percent yep. bullshit. Was- massage. <laughs> Couples massage on there. 75 oh minutes. $600. Yokozuna comes out the back. Yep. Just all pulled up. Well, and uh, you can't see shit. All right. Five ninety nine. Let me tell you, old sleep dog didn't, didn't stay to see who, um, who was coming out for the back cracking. Cause I was like, you guys are fucking nuts here. 600 bills for a, 75 minute massage man i'll just uh i'll just rub my temples um the uh the whale thing was cool like only saw a few in the wild uh we did a whale watching thing which was cool because it's like i mean i guess they just know where the whale is and you just take this boat out and everybody just gawks at it uh the 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 tour before hours and then the tour after hours the whale actually like breached out of the water and everybody got all these great pictures and uh the uh and we didn't see any of that. He just kind of came up and breathed. So, um, anyway, all in all, you know, go to Alaska, just fly there is, is, is what I'm getting at. It's a long but, flight too. I think it's about 12 hours. I've done If that you want to go to Juneau, it's add three on to Seattle. So yeah, about nine. If you want to go out to Anchorage, yeah, it's a 12 hour flight. Yeah. I mean, it's when out I was, there. When I, well, I've made two flights to China and, no, I've made many flights to China, but when I was with um, the Pacers, we went to China for preseason and we stopped in Alaska. Same thing with Charlotte. Hmm. It's a, it's crazy to think how they get to China. Actually, you, you don't just go around the globe. You actually go, go over through. the North Pole. Yep. Right over the North Pole. Yeah. Guys, uh, the, the earth is round. So yeah, it makes sense to think about it. Yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of the NBA, let's get off the boat. Um, just. I don't know, man. Like I said, straight. I thought, I thought, remember the last pod two weeks ago, I sort of walked myself into Lakers, Sixers, NBA finals. And there was a chance that that shit was going to happen. I was, I was already counting my chickens. Cause I was like, we'll cut that. We don't say anything I said before or after, which is going to make me sound like a genius. And, uh, the Sixers just coughed it up, dude. Um, they're done. Boston looks strong. Heat just insane. Dude. Jimmy Butler is, I mean, he's got to be like America's basketball player, right? Now. Everybody's rooting for Jimmy. Um, on the west west side of things, that was one thing I'm obviously like trying to figure out. You know, when the games are coming, I can't watch them. Can't watch Kaminga play the last three minutes of each game. I, I mean, I could go off on that. Can't believe they didn't play him. Um, that he's going to demand a trade. I'm telling you that right now. And uh, anyway, Lakers. So so now I'm all on. I'm I'm on LeBron train, dude. I want LeBron to get to get his fifth. Um, they got a tough task. Dude, Denver, I mean, Jokic is like, I mean, otherworldly. I don't understand how more people aren't talking about just how absurd it is what this guy's doing every single night in the playoffs. This is like, this is like, you know, the last time I remember seeing stats like this was Shaq and Kobe. And like Shaq in the finals, like 
three or four, there are a couple games doing what he's doing every single night. So, um, just crazy to see what that's, what's going on. It's going to be a great, that series is going to be great. It is interesting to me because I feel like this is, of all the MB, MVP years, uh, this might be Jokic's best year. Yeah. And he didn't get the MVP. So I, I, and, and I'm not saying that MB didn't deserve the MVP. All I'm saying is I felt like more people bought into the fact that he hasn't won an MVP and voted for him mm-hmm. instead of yep. people got bored with the vote. This To me, this is the most deserving MVP year uh, that Jokic has had. And the big knock on Jokic is he hasn't won in the playoffs. Well, yep. now he's winning, and you guys take the MVP away from him. Yep. Uh, I, I just feel like having that number one seed is a huge deal, especially out in the West, um, which is a big deal. And uh, I think, I, I, listen, I think Denver's going to take it. I really do. And I know a lot of people are against me, uh, but I'm going to predict um, – I, I just don't see AD being sustainable. I, I mean, this is going to be crazy, but I mean, it's, I mean, how many times is this guy going to get injured? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think that the role players for Mem- or for Denver have just been incredible. Aaron yeah. Gordon, yeah. Uh, even Jeff Green coming off the yeah. bench. Michael Porter. Uh, yeah, Michael Porter. Um, Murray is just playing Murray's lights out. Yeah, they, they just have a really good roster. And also, I think they're very well coached. Yeah. Uh, and they've had a lot of, uh, failures that have uh, driven them, and I think they're kind of on a mission. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, uh, and I do think Boston is just going to steamroll the Miami Heat. I think there's too much power there. Uh, even though I do like the Heat, I think they're they're a little bit banged up. They don't have Hero, uh, and I know Kyle Lowry. I played with him. He is a he is a competitor. He has stepped it up in the playoffs. I know uh, the Heat were a little disappointed with him. Uh, in the regular season, but listen, he has made up for it in the playoffs and he's been playing great basketball. Uh, very smart. Uh, that's going to be a great series. I do think the Heat are well coached. Mm-hmm. Coached. I think Spolstra does a great job. Has his team prepared. I think Jimmy Butler is a star, but I don't think they have the surrounding cast to really get them past the Celtics. I think Tatum Brown. Uh, you know, I just think they're going to be too much. Uh, and if I'm going to predict, it's going to be crazy. I think Denver might win it. And that sounds crazy. Uh, but that that would be my prediction. But also, I want to talk about the Suns um, mm-hmm. before we get on to. I know you want to talk about Kaminga. What do you think about the Suns? Because the knock has been CP if he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you could put that statement in for about every year he's He's mm-hmm. been in the playoffs. It just seems like his durability has been an issue in the playoffs. And uh, I, where do you, where do you think the Suns go from here? Because obviously Devin Booker, KD, uh, it looks like there's some. I just think that DeAndre Aiden. I don't think he's. Uh, I think his his perception in mm-hmm. Phoenix. Uh, isn't the best, and I think he's a very talented player. And sometimes you just need a fresh restart. Restart. Yep. I think he's taken a lot of criticism. I would like to see him uh, be receptive to uh, a very good coach that's going to push him, and and uh, I would like to see how he handles that because I think he could be a hell of a player. But I think right now, Phoenix, to me, uh, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, you got to make that work. And I'm just curious, they just fired their coach. Who's going to, who's going to coach them? And do they bring CP back? And what other pieces do they need to get 
past that hump and get into the finals, do you think? If I had been Phoenix, I don't know if this is even feasible, if it's realistic, what it was. Kevin Durant is an all-time great player. He might be an all-time like top 10. Maybe that's a little bit of a reach, but if it is, it's arguable and it's not much, not much of a reach. His availability sometimes is a concern. But if I'm if I'm Phoenix, instead of trading away what they traded, I'd trade Booker. Now, they've seemed to coexist very well, okay? And and like Booker can score with the best players in the league. Um not not a t- I'm not super, you know, in tune on on how well he can defend. He's obviously fearless. He's a bit of a volume shooter. I think he shoots relatively high percentages, not anywhere on par with Durant. But where Phoenix struggled is they didn't like they needed Mikel Bridges. They needed Cam Johnson. They needed those guys that they dumped, right? Uh, they didn't have any depth. And, you know, like Denver, you look up and down Denver's roster. I mean, Denver traded away Bones Highland, which was like, I mean, he's probably one of the better six men in the league as a sophomore. Um, so, like, you know, I, my thing for them is the, is just the depth issue is they got those guys. I mean, you got you got Durant and Booker going out scoring like 70 a night between the two of them. And, you know, they're losing games because, you know, you can't outscore um, a good team with two players. And then, of course, like my other thing with, um, you know, Denver is and, and kind of going forward and, and, and where you see them going is, you know, they're they're the altitude is an advantage, I think, for most teams. Um, against most teams, I should say. And then their crowd, you know, these sort of small mid-market, uh, Denver's got a very passionate fan base. So so what you're saying, you know, going against LA, that'll be an interesting s- a series. And then, of course, if they if they move on, they had the best record in the NBA, right? So so even if it was Boston, they'd have home court advantage. But, but with Phoenix, I think that's right. But with Phoenix, man, like KD is so good. Booker is great. But he just doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to win a championship without, you know, kind of taking a back seat. He's he's the Jalen Brown in this equation, right? Even though he'll outscore Durant most nights, but you know he's going to outscore Durant a lot of nights because Durant's going to draw double teams, right? And they got to pick somebody to double, and it ain't gonna be they ain't gonna leave you know Kevin Durant one on one. So I don't know, man. I I don't see. I never thought, honestly, in hindsight, twenty twenty. It's easy for me to say this now. I never really thought that adding Durant to that team made them the favorite. So, so I'm going to give you my thoughts. And first of all, I think Phoenix has a championship team right now. Yeah, okay, I stay. I stay with DeAndre Aiden. Okay, and that's. I know I just said what I said, but I think mm-hmm. he's an up and coming star. I love Aiden. Yeah, yeah, and I think KD. Uh, I think he's got about two to three more years where you could say, hey, this guy is going to be uh, somebody you can rely on getting the team to the championship. I think Devin Booker is an up-and-coming star. I think he's going to be a star for uh, 10 more years. Okay, here's what here's what I do. Here's here's a couple moves I try to make. First of all, I look into Lillard. I see, is Lillard wanting to leave Portland? Can I make this happen? Contract-wise, salary-wise, can I make this happen? Okay, that's first. Second, I look at what's going on in Golden State. Is Draymond, is he going to stay? He's somebody I would I would poke around and see what's going to happen with him. Okay. And then you have, I think, Clay Tom or Clay Thompson on expiring, whatever. Mm-hmm. I see what's happening there. I just just eyeball that situation. 
because I don't think they're going to be able to bring him back, uh, those two players back with the salary salaries that they have right now. Okay, and there's another player, P.J. Tucker, who's local yep. from Raleigh, uh, played at Texas. Uh, he's bounced around the league a little bit, but he's a bulldog, and he is somebody who can lock down defend, and he is a he, – he makes winning plays, but he doesn't fill up the stat sheet. He's another guy that I look at in the offseason because if I think you can get P.J. Tucker, a guy like Draymond, and add them um, – to Phoenix, I think they're a championship team. All great points. I've read where that uh I've read where um the Warriors are all in on trying to keep that core together. Clay, Steph, Draymond. And they think Bob Myers is the guy that's most likely to leave, general manager. So who does that leave? Leaves Jordan Poole and leaves Andrew Wiggins and really realistically leaves Jonathan Kaminga as potential potential moves. Um, Wiggins, in my opinion, is the biggest chip they have. I think Poole is going to draw a lot of interest. You got Zach Levine in um, in Chicago. That's going to be a free agent coming up. I think after next year, Clay is got one more year on his contract, and then they're going to owe him a boatload of money. So as much as they love him, you know. You're gonna have to pay him. You mentioned Lillard, Bradley Beal is another guy that I think would be interesting in that. But you're also looking at like, all right, well, but but Beal, the thing that's so interesting about Beal is he's he's demonstrated that he can he can share the load with Westbrook and with with Wall. He was a very productive player. Yeah. Uh, you got dude James Harden. I don't like that piece. I don't either. I don't. I don't either. I'm just he's saying. Ball dominant. I don't like. Yeah, it. I don't either. Uh, I saw. <laughs> I saw this video on Instagram today about it was uh it was like highlights from James Harden in his prime. And it was just him shooting free throws. It was great <laughs> in the in the game. Um you mentioned Tucker. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown's another name that's been made. It'll be really interesting to me to see what happens if Boston doesn't win, particularly if they lose in a conference final somehow. Mm-hmm. There's something going on with the Jalen Brown, you know, I think Jalen Brown um wants more respect than he gets. I get why Tate Tatum's the guy, you know. But Brown's a close second, and I think, um, you know, I mean, personally, I'd rather have Brown than Booker, right? I, they're not getting rid of Booker. That's not going to happen. So I'm just not. I'm not saying that that's that's feasible. But like, I think Brown is a is a harder nosed player. He's a better defender, right? Like, um, he's kind of in search of some place where he's, I think, the alpha dog. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Phoenix has, has well, they just fired Monty Williams, though, right? Yep. Yeah. So they got, you know, that, that's the crazy thing too. There's so. some good coaches on the market. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what Philly does with Doc Rivers. Cause I don't think that they're going to bring, they're going to bring they fired him. He's gone. They, they've they already fired him. Fired they fired him okay. today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Doc is out. Um, Budenhauser or whatever at, uh, and Milwaukee's gone. So those are the three top dogs. That in, uh, well, Nick nurse from the Raptors. He's a Nick Nurse is out, yeah, and Nick so, Nurse so is out. you're going to see some shuffling. I saw Frank Vogel's name mentioned. I've seen uh, Mark <laughs> Jackson's name mentioned. I've seen, you know, the usual suspects of it's. It's interesting. I, I meant to jot this down and ask you about it. How coaches is just sort of a revolving door. Like it, it really is. And, Why does a coach get fired in one place and then get hired at the next place? Because it's the easiest move. If you okay. look at the contract wise, the coaches don't make. You know, they're not making Devin Booker or Kevin Durant yeah. money. And so if you need to look at a team and you need to make a change and you need to rejuvenate it, um, 
the an easy out is to fire the coach. And Here's a question. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Here's a question I got for you. So in light of all that, my boy JK, all right, to me, it's inconceivable the matchups in that series, something deeper is at play here, why he didn't play. Um, and what I can't understand, so I think what's going on is that there is some dissension in the ranks between Bob Myers and Steve Kerr. Now, I don't know if it's those two guys, but there's like a competing interest thing going on here. And I was thinking through this, and this is totally a hypothesis because I don't obviously know jack shit about what's really going on. But if I'm Steve Kerr and I got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, I got I've won championships, I've won championships as a player, I've won them as a coach, and I got these guys, and I know that like I'm held accountable to win championships, and I got the pieces to win now. I don't want to develop Jonathan Kaminga. I don't want to develop Moses Moody. I want to trade those guys for OG Ananobi or somebody at the trade deadline. And just guarantee another w, uh, another another ring. But if I'm Bob Meyer, right, like I'm holding you accountable, Steve Kerr, or whomever within the organization. Again, I don't know the personalities, dynamics, or they might be best of friends. But I can see where the organization would be holding them accountable to win now and set the team up for the future. And I can see the conflict there. And I think what was going on is that, you know, when it came down to the playoffs. He just was trying to use you – know, I, 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 it's still to me, I, I think Kaminga is a better player. I think he's better than Gary Payton. I think he's better than Jordan Poole in a lot of ways. I think he'd be more productive. You don't need what Jordan Poole gives you, which is offense. You need what he doesn't give you, and Kaminga does, which is an, a rim threat and a defender, right? It's just inconceivable. Um, you know, he's better than, than – than, DiVincenzo, is, I'd say, is, is a better tool today. You know, Kaminga's potential is exorbitantly higher. They're not the same players, right? Uh, in in my opinion, and and the thing that you said is to me is when I look at Golden State, the chemistry. Uh, yeah, does Jordan Poole fit that chemistry? And that's my question is because you saw him take the shot. the 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 team came out and they said the politically correct thing to say. Yeah, I want him to shoot that shot. Hell, he is four feet behind the three point <laughs> line. You want him to shoot that in the last? You got the greatest shooter of all time. I mean, on your team. Good night. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, you can say that, okay. But if you were to take a poll of everybody on the team, uh, you know, and and you know, keep everything hush hush, I guarantee they want Steph or Clay yeah. taking that shot. Um, and also, they don't want them four feet behind the right. three point line. That's awful. And the thing, he he didn't even really. It looked like he just kind of slingshotted that thing. Didn't That's what he look, does. It was just like I'm like, man, that when he gets hot, dude, he's he's unstoppable because he can yeah. shoot from anywhere. But he's so mercurial from I mean, he's only like a forty four percent shooter or something like that. To, to me, he's just like a. I'm not sure. Like maybe Nick Young, and that's, that's yeah. Swaggy Pete. I mean, he's just yeah. like a to me hundred forty million, hundred thirty million dollar Nick Young. Yeah, and so here's my thing: is you could have used Kaminga. I mm-hmm. mean, especially get the Lakers. I mean, his size, athleticism, uh, his ability to guard multiple positions. And I am wondering what is going on. Why are they not like? It's not even like he was an option. And to me, sleep, just being on the outside and watching these games, I want to know. Like, I would like to. So, if I'm the GM, first of all, I'm talking to Kerr. Okay, what's going on with Kaminga? Okay, he's a top pick. Obviously, we've prioritized him. 
Why is he not developing what's going on? And I would try to figure that out. But some sometimes, you know, you can be overwhelmed as a young player with the amount of sure. sets and learning how to scout teams. That's all new. Okay. Yeah. But also the best way to do that is to get experience. And the, the only time you can do that is get into the fucking game. Yeah. And sorry, mom. Uh, and, Look, I uh, get it's the playoffs and it's not the time to like necessarily develop a player. Right. And, but the, the thing that really pisses me off about the sentiment for anybody that doesn't know who Jonathan Kaminga is, I, I feel like I need to repeat this on a regular basis. When I get going on this. He's my guy. Like I, I, I got mm-hmm. my chips on this kid. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, I get that the, the, the playoffs aren't the time to develop him, but he's one of the absolute one of the reasons you are in the playoffs to begin with. A, B, they could have had Ananobi. Like the reports were that the that the Raptors the trade was done. They just wanted Kaminga in the, in it, and they said no. So the, the organization was that in on him. Like, why do you go away from him? And, and the one one other piece I want to add is the thing that pisses me off about the sentiment is everybody's like, well, in the minutes he did get, he was awful. Bro, he's in the game three minutes. And yeah, if you want to look at what he did in the three minutes, like, yeah, he he made some dumbass plays and, and mental lapses. And there was one play early in the in the Sacramento series where he's on the weak side and like there's just no excuse. He's just la la land. The ball comes his way. He doesn't rebound it. They yank him. I get that. But I can give you thousand examples of everybody from Steph Curry on down making boneheaded plays at some point in the game. You can't just like say, okay, you're out there two minutes. You made a mistake. You're done for the rest of the playoffs. Like it's ridiculous. So, so something is going on under the hood there. And yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see uh, who goes. And my whole point in bringing all this up wasn't even Kamingo. It's is Kerr untouchable there? Yes. That's what I think too. I, I, I do. I didn't, and the reason I say that is because. His perception in the Bay Area, I mean, yeah. he is, I mean, he's done too much accomplished. To me, I hate to say this, but it is a very bad look for a young player to to demand a trade, especially somebody who, yep, I agree, you know, hasn't, hasn't seen the minutes or hasn't really, in a way, proven themselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I'm you, I would have to look around, but... You know, you got to think maybe the Lakers. I think he could he would be a good addition to the Lakers. Athletic Dude, could sick. definitely you know oh, give give LeBron a little rest and not having LeBron do so much on both ends. Because to me, Kaminga, he has the ability to rebound. He has mm-hmm. ability to defend tough players. Uh, and they, you know, if you look at the Lakers, they brought in the little annoying guard. What's his name? Uh, the, Lonnie Walker. No, nah, played oh, with the Clippers. Austin Reeves. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Oh, they uh, they brought him in. Way early, he played for Minnesota last year. The guy that's always in the, in the middle of controversy. Uh, but they brought him in, I think, beginning of this year, last year. With remember him in the Westbrook had all that beef. Um, Hell, they, I can't remember. They were looking head. for a defender. Got Greg calling me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he called me too. I texted him. I said, "We're podding." Uh, he called me. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Hey, my brother will just randomly go through. He'll just call people and you'd be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think he'd be a good addition for the Lakers just looking at him uh, because I, I, I eventually don't think LeBron has that many years left. Yeah. And I think that would give him a chance to not have so much pressure to do mm-hmm. so much 
uh, early on and he can develop a little bit. They have a very good coach. Yep. Uh, LeBron would be also a great person yeah. uh, to be around. I've heard his work ethic and the way he carries himself is, is a uh, very, you know, something that you want on your team. So to me, I think uh, the Lakers would be a good move. The only thing is what could you get for him? Mm-hmm. Uh, and would golden state be willing to part ways with them? Because sometimes in professional sports, you, you see this often, you have a GM that loves a player. You have a, you have a coach that does not like that player. And it is just a constant battle, and it is not a good position to be in. Yeah, as the player. And I think at the surface level, you're right. A 20-year-old kid demanding a trade, <clears throat> wrong pipe, is is ridiculous. But truthfully, most 20-year-old kids don't demand trades because they get time, because they get drafted by shitty teams. So if you're good, you're playing. Every other kid in his class is playing all the minutes they can ha- handle. So I, I read all about uh, potential places. And the thing I think about Kerr, is what's interesting to me is you see in these heads roll at these other places where these coaches, I mean, dude, two years ago, the Milwaukee Bucks win a championship and now the coach is gone. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, anyway, there's a lot of good coaches out there. I think I, I agree with everything. I think, uh, he could be on the move, man. I've heard everywhere from Charlotte to Chicago to, uh, you know, um, the Spurs, that would be awful. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of, um, be awful except for getting a play under pop. So, you know, I mean, a lot of interesting things going on out there. Um, last thing we'll get out of here on is um, got to talk about. It. I mean, look, DeMarco Dunn's leaving. Like, who cares anymore, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, we could talk <laughs> about that if you want guys. to. He, I mean, he hit the, guys are gone. He hit the portal. Yeah. I was surprised. UNC but, might hey. leave the ACC. Okay, whatever. I mean. Talk 10, to me when it actually boy, happens. Be brutal. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Then we'll start playing like the zone or something. Um, John Morant. Got to get out of here on this. Like, it's been. Yeah, here, here's the only thing. I mean, look, there's just no explaining it. We could talk about it for for a half an hour, an hour, and 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 come no closer to understanding what the hell is going through that dude's mind. Here's my question for you: What happens to him here? Because I have my thought. What law did he break? He didn't. Okay. What rules did he break? Uh, probably some sort of NBA nope. behavior guideline. Probably you could follow it under ethics. Okay. There's been many players that have taken pictures with guns, either hunting or whatever. I can make an argument he doesn't face a suspension. I could formulate a, uh, an argument to say he shouldn't be suspended. I can agree with that argument. And here's what's going to happen. My, but go ahead. I'm not going to do that because I I really don't like that stance. And the reason I don't like that stance is because he's been in the middle of some type of controversy and bad decisions for the past year and a half. And he's been around. He's been in. He's been in places that you shouldn't be in. Okay, nothing good happens. Uh, you know when you drop 50k in a strip club. That's not that's not somebody you want representing your community, your team. That's not a leader. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, okay, that's one. Also, Memphis, uh, they haven't had the best public perception lately. And I know it's one thing to win, but it's also another thing to win with class and handle yourself the right way. If if I'm the NBA, and listen, I came to the Pacers uh, after they had the brawl, and also they had numerous shootings, and I I know what that type of stuff can do to a franchise. It can wipe your fan base out. And that rebuilding that process is a long time. Believe me, I was part of it. 
Um, I suspend them for a year. That's exactly I really what do. I think is happening. I, and and I, I, I set, I set a tone. Okay. Listen, Hey, we're not only going to, we're, we're going to set a tone. This is unacceptable. And the reason I say that is because he's a young, young and upcoming star. And also he's somebody who is a role model mm-hmm. and he will be in the NBA for a long time. Uh, but I, there's no excuse for doing it. It's almost like he's making fun of or not taking exactly. anything seriously. Exactly. There's been zero accountability on Jaws. Uh, part from the beginning of this whole thing. And there's also nothing wrong if you did have a drug problem coming out and saying, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I'm going to take control of this. Denying it is the worst if he does have a drug. I'm not saying he does, mm-hmm. but there has been zero accountability that I have seen sleep. And that's that's my stance. That's it, man. And I agree completely. And and so here's the thing. There, there was even a question immediately, like, could they cut him? And you'd be like, man, they wouldn't want to, but could they? But if they were going to do that, that would have happened already. They would have just severed ties. I think where Memphis is, Memphis doesn't suspend him because Memphis has a business interest. They don't suspend him for a year, but the NBA should do that. Or I shouldn't say they should do that. I think they will do that is what I mean. I have no idea what it is because I'm with you, right? Like ain't nobody said you got to be a good guy, right? But eh, there's kind of that responsibility, man. Like this is society's different. Like there's a lot of people that say he didn't break any laws and all that. And they're all right. They're exactly right do whatever the hell he wants. He didn't shoot anybody. Like doesn't matter. It's his gun, not his gun. I don't really care. I really don't. Cause it doesn't impact my life. But the truth is, is that there's that expectation, man. Like you have society is just different. People demand more now out of celebrities than they ever have. So, I mean, it just is what it is, dude. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the trade, right? You, you got all this in the palm of your hand and, and to your, to the point you made, like we both have conversations. Like I think John Morant's a very overrated player. He's very exciting to watch. He can be really, really good. Um, the scary part is, like, if he committed, like, I mean, dude, he could be AI. You know, I mean, he could be really, really good. And I think, I mean, I don't know what he's doing when I'm when nobody's watching. Right? I'm sure he's working hard, but there's that extra piece that just doesn't seem to be there, and that commitment might not be might not be not working. It might be the way you behave, you know, and the way that other people around you perceive you, the situation you put the organization, the team, the league, the fans in, right? And, you know, the thing about it is, is this kid could get suspended for a year and he's 24 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's not even 24. So he comes back and he's still like, you know, he hadn't even missed anything. So, um, you know, I don't know, man. I, look, I, he's like the villain to me. He's the guy I like to root against. For the record, when I was young, that was Kobe, right? I never disrespected Kobe. He was just the guy that I wanted LeBron to be. So, you know, um, he's the guy that who's, who's better respect him. But, like, until he starts respecting, you know, sort of the game and the fans and everybody around it, you know, I ain't got time for it. So, um, interesting situation. Not sure. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Not sure where they go, but I'm with you on that suspension. But, uh, anyway, guys. I feel like my mouth is dry from trying to pack all that in over the last hour longer than usual. Um, (laughs) You got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.